Over the last few weeks, we've been seizing on the opportunity with the Commonwealth Games in town to grab a theme that has connected to it. And so we have been using the theme of Bring the Power. Bring the Power is something that the Commonwealth Games Committee have been using um, to try and bring awareness to younger people of all the opportunities of legacy, of skills, and all those other things that can bring new power into their lives. And when we were reading this material, we thought how that could apply to the life of us as Christian people, bringing the power. And the first week, I spoke about being, bringing the power to be passionate, um, highlighting that passion wasn't just about having high, intense energy. Actually, passionate people can be very dedicated to God in a very quiet way. And then last week, Claire spoke about bringing the power to have purpose and to persevere. Well, this morning, our third uh, week is looking at bringing the power to partner. At the very beginning of the year, you'll remember that Commitment Sunday took the theme of being together. And as part of the lead up to Covenant Sunday, we explored this idea of being together. And I actually said how God's mission was done better when we did it together. And I used David Ferguson's idea of the three greats. Do you remember? I talk also about the arrows, up, down. Do you remember the arrows? But Dave Ferguson's three greats were this. The Great Commission, the Great Commandment, and the Great Collaboration. This idea of coming together to do God's mission. Now, I I do not want to duplicate that message. I spoke about that at the beginning of the year. Instead, I want to move on from emphasizing the need to partnering, because I've I've told us that. We, We looked at the need to partner. We're moving on from that. What actually gives power to partnerships? And that's what I want to look at this morning. And I want to look at two things in particular. As Claire said at the very beginning of our meeting, we've seen some great partnerships in the last nine days in the various sports arenas of the Commonwealth Games. But actually the Commonwealth Games has brought about many other unexpected partnerships to create things of vital. I want you to watch the screen because this is a great partnership that actually produces or has produced something that is quite essential to the Commonwealth Games. Just watch the screen for a moment. We wanted to create a piece of treasure that would be held close forever. Something that represented an athlete's story, something that symbolised their journey. And for it to reflect the place that they were competing at. This place, Birmingham, the West Midlands. Our team was formed through a competition at our university in the jewellery quarter. We entered individually and then, as our original designs moved through the judging process, we came together as a group to support one another. We were complete strangers, but as our designs evolved, so did our friendship and our team. The scale of this is bigger than any of us had appreciated. Our courses prepared as well, but really nothing can prepare you for a project like this. The opportunity to work with the fabricator and learn how our industry works in the real world, it's massive. We were inspired by connections, those between athletes and between the Commonwealth countries, and by journeys by the paths athletes take to succeed. 
that's where the use of the local road and canals network came from. They symbolise all of those things. To us, the medal could be a piece of jewellery. It has this gem-like quality that catches the light. But we wanted it to be tactile too, for athletes to be able to feel the story as well as see it. Having an adjustable ribbon was so important to us. We wanted the medal to sit in the right place on athletes of all shapes and sizes. We designed this medal to be for everybody. To know our work is going to be admired by people across the world, that's really special. These medals will be treasured forever. They'll be shown to grandchildren. To be a part of that is so precious to us. Those three girls designed the medals. So they were the ones whose designed bronze, silver and gold that the athletes wear around their neck. But as you watch that little video, did you recognize the importance there of understanding? They started off as individuals, but then they came together as a team and they tried to understand what each could contribute. They, they wanted to understand their industry. They went not just on a design the metal, they went into the manufacturing side. How, how does our jewellery industry work? How do we manufacture these things? What can we do? They wanted to understand the background of the athletes. What made them do what they do? What did they contribute in order to get there? They wanted to understand the West Midlands and how that contributed to the, ex the design. And it's noticeable that that design around the outside, I just thought it was a nice design. No, it's not. It's the roads and the canals of Birmingham that actually, if you lay that on top of a map, you find the roads and canals of Birmingham. So it will be a permanent memory of Birmingham from. They went into the culture. They went into the culture of these athletes, the countries they came from, to try and understand what had brought them to that place. Even down to the remote little details like the ribbon. I wonder how many people had even thought about the ribbon. The ribbon, for many people, would have been a bit of Velcro. But no, they designed the ribbon that was adjustable because they understood that different athletes have different postures. Let's be frank, if it's on me, it's raised a little bit because of the nice little stomach that's there. But for disabled athletes, actually, they wanted, they wanted it to sit right. So even down to the, the ribbon itself, there was understanding. They wanted to understand. They recognized the importance of learning and understanding. Turn with me. If you've got your Bible with you, grab it out of your bag or grab your phone, whichever way you read your Bible. I know it's going to appear on the screen, but I think it would be important for you to work with me and follow the Scripture. And I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, I don't think, do you know, I was trying to work out, have I ever preached on Genesis 11 in 30 years? Very rarely have I preached on the Tower of Babel, and yet I found it intriguing story. And actually, to give context to chapter 11, you have to go back a few more chapters. The floods happened, God has renewed the covenant with Noah, and then, in chapter 9, verse 1, we read these words that appear on your screen. If you've got your Bible, you can see it there yourself. God says to the descendants of Noah, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. So from there, 
we go on a few chapters and we read this well-known story in chapter 11. Chapter 11 verse 1 tells us straight away that the people spoke one language. One language. There was no other languages. There was just one languages. And actually, we see the power of partnership in this story in Genesis chapter 11. Of them working together as one to construct this tower. And wow, it's quite a project that they embark upon. Verse 4 tells us this. Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. That's a whopping project, you'll surely agree. So that we may make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the earth. You can't fault their collaboration. Even God, a little later on, acknowledges what they're achieving through collaboration. He comes down and he says, wow, look at what they're doing together. However, if you look at the motive, then you can criticize it a great deal. It's so wrong. Their desire to build is full of pride that we may make a name for ourselves. That was their purpose in building. We want to make a name for ourselves. It's also tarnished with rebellion. What did chapter 9 tell them that they had to do? They had to go out and fill the earth. But they don't want to do that. They're actually wanting to make a name for themselves so that they won't be scattered around. They choose to build a city. And God comes down and he sees this huge potential that working together, they achieve a lot. What I want to point out in chapter 11 is that significantly, it's noted, it can't be faulted, that at the heart of their working together was the fact that they understood each other. They understood, they got it. Because they grasped each other, there was no confusion They were able to contribute, they were able to build, and it was done well. And so therefore, God confuses their language. To stop them building, he says, I'm going to confuse their language. And then he scatters them throughout the land. And so inevitably, the building stops. No. When they lose their ability to understand each other, when they are divided, all the power of the partnership is lost. When they lose the ability to understand each other, when they are divided, the power of the partnership is lost. And so the first thing I I want to say this morning, of the two things, I believe that the power of partnership is in understanding. In understanding one another. God's response here is very interesting, isn't it? Instead of keeping them together as a united, productive group, which they were, God chooses to change it all. They no longer speak the same language and they get scattered throughout the land. Some commentators suggest, actually, that diversity here is a punishment from God. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Diversity, a punishment from God. 
I don't agree with that. And scholars like Tyler Mayfield suggest totally the opposite. He says this. The Bible story places us on the side of uniformity and sameness. And God on the side of multiplicity. God seems concerned about the oneness of the people and their language. It is the uniformity that is the problem. Sameness is not God's will for God's people. Monologue, monolingual, monophony, these are not the dreams of God. The people are concerned about being dispersed or scattered. They want to remain in the same place together, but God calls them towards variety and diversity. It's God that wants them to be diverse. They don't want to do it. And whilst there are positives to be had from their ability to understand each other and work together, what they weren't doing was fulfilling God's purposes. And therefore God changed it all. And from that point, humanity would have to learn again to understand each other in new ways. I want to, I want to suggest that variety and diversity doesn't mean we do not have to understand each other or that we cannot understand each other and that we cannot come together in partnership to achieve God's purposes. We live in a diverse, varied world. Can we understand each other? Can we come together? Can we work together? Of course we can. Understanding is the key. The day of Pentecost reminds us that there can be understanding in diversity. What happened on that day? Different people speaking different languages were all able to understand what was going on and from there build the church. Paul, when he wrote to the church at Ephesus, chapter 4 in Ephesians, he says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to be one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. As far as Paul's concerned, there is one body bound together in the love of Christ. That's a wonderful truth. Think about it for a moment. One body bound together in the love of Christ. What a truth. Church communities like ours, look at it. They're full of people from different backgrounds, different experiences, different viewpoints. And yet we believe we are bound together in Christ. There is a unity. And yet I do wonder how well we really do know each other. How much understanding do we have of each other? I think that within the diversity that God envisaged in Genesis chapters 9 to 11, there has to be a desire to understand each other. 
because that is where the power in any partnership is found. When we understand each other, we give power to the partnership. The better we learn, the better we understand, the more likely we are to have a unity that's beneficial to all. I read this paragraph in a church publication recently. It's very easy to stereotype people and assume we know what they think. Really getting to know someone who is different to us requires time, openness, and courage. It involves exploring each other's views and listening to each other's stories, as well as engaging together with scripture and the teachings of the church. It's a two-way process that will help, us, help others understand us better too. Paul, when he was writing to young Timothy in chapter 1, in his introduction there in the chapter, he writes these words, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to this service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. I find that quite a transparent admission. This is the Apostle Paul. Despite being a religious man, he's telling Timothy he acted in ignorance. The things I did were in ignorance. He didn't want to understand the teachings of Christ, nor did he want to listen to the testimonies of the early Christians or try and understand their beliefs. He acted in ignorance. Friends, as we seek understanding, I believe we address ignorance. Please, let's not be ignorant. Let's not be ignorant. If we want to experience the power of partnership, of collaboration, then this is something we should be doing all the time. Seeking to understand. Seeking to listen to stories. Seeking with the scripture to appreciate viewpoints. So the first thing I want to say this morning, the power of partnership is in understanding. I don't know about you, but I get a lot of my blessings through relationships. God certainly uses people to be a blessing to me. I'm always grateful for the God sends, the people God sends my way that bless me. In that passage that I read from Ephesians chapter 4 earlier, Paul goes on to talk a little bit more about the body of Christ. And he says that he's built up as every part does its bit. These are the verses 15 and 16. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The body of Christ functions well when we work as us. 
The body of Christ functions well when we work as us. Not me or you. Did you notice when you read Genesis 11 with me earlier on, what did it say? The call, what was that call? It was this. Come, let us build a city. That was the call. Let us build a city. In his rallying call to the people of Jerusalem, Nehemiah, when he went back and found the place in ruins, when he wanted to rebuild the wall, what was his cry? Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Not, I'm going to rebuild. It was, come, let us. The writers of the Hebrews that Claire read earlier on, used exactly the same phrase. Three times, actually. Three times. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. Let us consider how we spur one another. Friends, there is a power to be had in the let us approach. Not the lettuce approach, but the let us approach approach there's a power to be had in the let us approach to doing things we bring the power to partner when we value all contributions that are given and for a contribution to be valued it's got to be offered in the first place and so the second power that I want to say this morning the power of partnership isn't just in understanding the power of partnership is in offering something. In offering something. I'm amazed at the amount of meetings that I go to, especially with outside agencies, where we're talking about doing things or preparing for things. And I had this experience when I was in the emergency planning group the other week. And we were talking about what people could offer. And... I just said, well, Salvation Army can do this, Salvation Army can do this, Salvation Army can do this. And the response of the, the chair was, really? You do that? Yeah, we do that. I don't know why it is that as church, we sometimes don't see what we can offer. And we don't offer it. We've got loads to offer. And we need to offer it. For a contribution to be valued, it's got to be offered in the first place. Then, So if we're going to bring the power to partner, then we've got to offer something. Those three girls designing that medal entered a competition where they thought they were just going to work alone. But as it processed, they came together to work together. And actually, each one of them offered something. They brought something to the table. They entered the competition as solo entrance and ended up working together with each offering something different. Do you know, if we want to be part of a partnership, then we've got to offer something to it, haven't we? I come to the end. Genesis 11. I find it an interesting passage, that Tower of Babel. Because whilst they were misguided and wrong in their motive, 
Noah's descendants show us that when there is understanding or a willingness to want to understand, it brings a power to work together with others. The power of partnership is in the understanding and in the offering. Powerful Christian partnerships leave egos and logos at the door. And instead they glorify God alone. That's what they do. They leave egos and logos at the door and they glorify God alone. So let's not be ignorant of each other's experiences and perspectives. But instead let's seek to understand each other better. And offer something to the body of Christ that we may all do our part. I find the prayer that simply says, make me a channel of your peace, isn't just about a holiness motive. I think there's an awful lot in it about partnering and working with others. That wonderful line that says, help me to understand as much as to be under stood if we're going to be effective in our partnerships that's what it's about and so in those moments where we close i want us to just think of the message we've heard this morning how will you go from here with a desire to want to understand better to want to partner with others and bring power by having an understanding of each other in a better way how will you go from here with an offering to make. What are you going to offer to the partnership? 608 in our songbook. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. Oh, Master, grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love with all my soul. It's a song of partnership. So let's commit to effective partnership in this place. Through understanding. And what we offer. To the body of Christ ourselves. Join with me as we sing together. As we reflect on the message we've heard today. And may we just recommit ourselves to want to do all these things that this song says as we join together as the body of Christ, bound together in love, working in partnership in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you.
Father God, this morning we thank you that we are one body, united together in the love of Christ, with each part doing its bit. And Lord, this morning we've reminded ourselves of the power of partnership, of what we can achieve when we do things together, when we do things together with the motive of glorifying you, of doing your will. And Lord, this morning we've been reminded that the power of partnership is in understanding and in the offering of things. Lord, help us to understand each other. Help us to want to listen to each other's stories, to explore belief together, to go through scripture and discern what you are saying to us. And Lord, may we each as well recognize that when we do things together, we all have a part to play. Let's acknowledge and value every contribution, Lord. I just thank you for all the contributions that our, our community of faith here does make. And I pray that you'll always put into our hearts the desire to offer something new so that together the letters we can build the kingdom of God in this place. Father God, today, may we know the power of partnership that can be had when God's people unite and work together in his name. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen.